0: Drivers, stop your engines!
1: It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello
2: and welcome to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie filling in for the vacationing WB. That's right, him and the missus taking some time off enjoying a well-deserved vacation and i'm in the captain's chair here on southern race week radio keep it locked in we have a great show coming up on the program we'll be speaking with bob Pockris from nascar on fox also, driver Grant Enfinger, and the latest in short track news with Lenny Petiki. This is Natalie Decker, driver for Nice Motorsports, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. And welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network It's Alfie bringing you yet again another brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio as the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series season continues on as we were just in Miami Homestead. This past weekend and now the Cup Series will be moving to Talladega Super Speedway this upcoming weekend and very excited got a lot to talk about so much in NASCAR news over the last uh, few uh, days and weeks. So uh, let's get all the latest info and what's going on in the world of NASCAR as we head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in a friend of the show officially. He's been on the program many, many times to talk NASCAR with us, and we're very privileged and fortunate to have again, yet again, on the uh, Food Depot hotline. Uh, he works Fox Television, bringing you all the latest in NASCAR news and coverage. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. bye Uh, Mr. Pacris, thank you so much for taking time to uh, join us this week on Southern Race Street Radio. Hopefully everything is going good for you here uh, today, sir. Yeah, everything's going good. Well, uh, Mr. Pacris, uh, there's been a lot of uh, attention here on uh, NASCAR over the last few days. Uh, before we kind of get into the addressing the elephant in the room, let's talk about this past weekend at Miami Homestead. As Denny Hamlin uh, got the checkered flag and got himself another victory uh, for the Cubs series for him. Uh, tell us about your thoughts on racing in Miami Homestead. Usually it's the last race of the year where we crown a champion. Uh, this year, that's not uh, that case. So what were your thoughts on the racing that you saw uh, over this past weekend?
3: Well, I wasn't surprised that Denny Hamlin won. He probably should have won Homestead back last November, except they tried to put a big piece of tape on the front of the car to help it handle, and it was too big of a piece of tape, right? So, um, So no surprise there. No surprise that Joey Logano maybe made it a little bit hard on Chase Elliott there at the end, but I don't think that would have made a a big difference. I I think Denny Hamlin was coming, and Denny Hamlin was going to win that race.
2: Now, our flagship station's out of Atlanta, so a lot of Chase Elliott fans listen to this uh, radio broadcast. He's uh, had so far a pretty impressive 2020. He maybe could have had a couple of more wins on the season. He's had some bad luck, but uh, got a win, so he is into the playoffs. So let me get your perspective on Chase and his 2020 campaign. Um, how f- Do you think he'll be able to get another win before we get into the playoffs? And also, once he gets into the playoffs, do you think he's got a chance to possibly be there in the Final Four in Phoenix? Yeah,
3: well, I certainly think he'll have probably multiple wins before now in the playoffs. So, you know, look, he's had one of the strongest cars week in and week out. And when you do have that, you're going you're gonna, to uh, probably get wins you're going to lose some races and you're going to have some beefs with some other drivers. And and he's had all that. So I, so I certainly expect him to uh, to continue all that. Now the latter part of your question, I think is the hardest one because we've talked about all these young drivers and how uh, and and their abilities and how they are challenging the veterans. But when it's come down to the final four Mm -hmm. in recent years, it's all been all the veterans. Uh, So you know, I, I think um, you know. I, I think it re- it remains to be seen, uh, but you know, look. If I'm if I'm Chase Elliott, I probably uh, like my, uh, my my chances, especially when you look at uh, look at the playoffs. And you got the Roval in there for, at Charlotte, which Chase has run well at, and in that last round, you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have Martinsville in there, and we know Chase is good there too.
2: Speaking with Bob Pockriss here of a NASCAR coverage on NBC, on Sunday We Week Radio, so we're discussing everything that's going on in the world of NASCAR. Now, uh, the sport, uh, NASCAR has done so much for a lot of fans here over this COVID-19 shutdown. You're one of the first major sports to get back and do uh, live events. And then this past weekend in Miami Homestead, they let 1,000 fans in that were invited by the track, and uh, we had some fans in the stands for that uh, long night of racing there at Miami Homestead. This weekend at Talladega, they are going to allow 5,000 fans into the stands to watch the uh, Geico 500 on Sunday at Talladega Super Speedway. Now, we we have to address the elephant of the room, which is NASCAR's decision to not allow Confederate flags on NASCAR property going further. Now, this will be kind of a—I don't know if this is going to be a test or of, of what that policy will be, since regular fans will be, be able to attend this race and not fans that are selected by the track or, or NASCAR. So, have you heard from NASCAR as far as enforcing the, the, that procedure, especially this weekend at Talladega, where you will be allowed regular fans to come in?
3: Yeah, I don't know that'll be an issue this weekend because there's no tailgating allowed. Uh, you pretty much have to drive in, uh, you'll get your temperature checked, park, and walk into the facility. So, you know, and there's no camping except for some motorhome overlook areas. Uh, on, on the backstretch. So, you know, I, I mean, I we haven't heard how they're going to enforce it, uh, but like they, you know, and they haven't really said, you know, well, what if it's on a shirt or a hat or a, a belt buckle, right? So um, I, I wouldn't expect any like real enforcement this weekend because I just don't think anybody will actually have have flags there mm-hmm. uh, to display. But if they do, I'm sure they'll be asked to uh, to remove them as far as like if it's, they're on their... You know, if it's kind of like a, a flag that's hanging from, like, the side of their car or something like that.
2: Now, you have a real pulse on this story because you're talking to drivers. You're talking to crew chiefs. You're talking to fans. You're talking to a, a wide range of people through social media and all of that. And we know of a few people who are, you know, happy with the decision. There's some that are not happy with the decision. As far as the people you've talked to, uh, what are their thoughts and what kind of uh, – percentage do you see leaning towards approval and disapproval of this decision well i
3: think most in the industry are approval approve of it because you know this industry runs on sponsorship and runs on um on trying to increase the fan base and you know when you bring potential sponsors in or you talk to potential sponsors it's a question that a lot of people have had to answer and it's and they're uncomfortable trying to answer it because they don't have a very good answer for it. Right. You know, that you're trying to convince somebody to give you money to raise, and they say, well, what about those Confederate flags in the infield? You know, what, what, what are you, what are you going to say that, that, um, that that, that's going to help your cause. Uh, so I think from inside the industry there's, uh, you know, that, you know, most many of people are, are for it. Um, certainly there are some who are not, um, and as far as fans go, you know, certainly there's a, um, there is a vocal group on social media who, uh, who say they are not going to watch NASCAR again, uh, because of it. Uh, but you know, I think, you know, NASCAR's once, once NASCAR said last week at Atlanta that, that they were going to help advocate for change when it comes to racism and racial inequality, that they, they're going to have to act. You know, and mm-hmm. if they didn't act, then you know, then everything they said wouldn't, wouldn't have meant anything.
2: Now, the the process of making the decision here was really quick, really swift. As far as people who were involved in decision, how many people do you think were involved in in making this decision, and who was the ultimate sayer of, "All right, this is what we're going to do here"?
3: Well, I mean, I think Jim France owns owns it, so I'm sure he, him and <laughs> uh, him and Lisa had had. A, you know, had the final say. Uh, their board of directors, I'm sure, discussed it. Um, you know, I think it's it's probably been something that many of them have wanted in the, in the past. You know, Steve O'Donnell, Steve Phelps, and but you know, for whatever reason, they didn't take the the, the step of, of a total ban. Look, they've tried uh, exchange programs and and other things that just uh, that just haven't worked. So you know, so it's been clear that NASCAR has not wanted the flag at its tracks they just didn't know how they could go about it um or you know they'd hoped that they would could, could go about it without having an, an an all-out band. but uh i think they realized at this time that that's that's the way they needed to go
2: so the uh, nascar cup series heading to italiana vega this weekend always one of those wild card races very excited very close proximity racing uh, restrictor plate. The fun of Daytona and Talladega uh, on the schedule. If I'm setting up my NASCAR fantasy league uh, team, Bob, uh, who, who who do you think I should be putting <laughs> on my team this weekend? Oh, that's a great question.
3: Um, can you watch the first part of the race on Fox and then set your fantasy team <laughs> after about ten or twenty laps? I so tell you right now, good, if that uh,
2: if that was the rules of this of of doing fantasy racing, I I would be winning as as much as yeah. I am <laughs> losing on this thing. So.
3: I go with the people who who've been good in the past. I mean, look look at the drivers who were there at the end of the Daytona 500 at uh, Denny Hamlin, uh, Ryan Blaney, who also Ryan won the Blaney won the uh, won the last race at the Talladega. Uh, you know, Ryan Newman has obviously w- has run well at the at the plate tracks, and um, you know, I mean. You know, he was in position to potentially win the Daytona 500 before right. the horrific crash. So, uh, you know, so I think it'll be the, the 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 people who have run well at Talladega and Daytona in the last few races will probably run well again.
2: Do you have like a, an underdog, maybe a car that maybe we don't see usually out front that might have an opportunity to, to steal one? Um,
3: you know, I I would say maybe Matt Benedetto. Um, mm-hmm. yep. He's been out front for some of the. At, at some of the uh, plate races in the last year or so. And uh, I think he certainly could, uh, you know, he's in, he's in Penske equipment. You know, he's in good equipment. Wouldn't be uh, surprised to see him out, out front.
2: And that is uh, Bob Pachris. You can uh, follow him as he covers NASCAR for the big Fox television network. And, uh, Mr. pocris if our listeners want to uh, follow you on social media, keep up with all the latest news because you do do a great job of uh, – uh, I follow you on Twitter, always get the latest news from you. So, where can our listeners go to follow what's going on uh, with NASCAR news and everything that's going on with Fox?
3: Yeah, well, you can follow me on my Twitter handle at Bob or uh, go to the NASCAR. Uh, or go to the foxsports.com website.
0: Hi, this is Winston Kelly, the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame and pit reporter for the Motor Racing Network, and you're listening to Southern Race Week.
2: And welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie bringing you yet again another brand-new week's edition uh, some of the race week radio for you as we get set to go racing this weekend at Talladega. But one of the many people we love to include in our short track news and discussions uh, live as we head on over to Charlotte, North Carolina. You can hear him on the podcast and also on many PRN radio network stations. Uh, PRN at the track. A look at some of the drivers and tracks and promoters that... Uh, revolutionize, and focus on the short track world. And we head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in the host of PRN at the track, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lenny Bartiki.
1: Wow, Alfie, thank you. You know, that was a great intro, and I thought, man, is he going to be able to hit that, you know, name just right like you do, like nobody else does, but you you have made it... uh, no, so, uh, you know, great to be on, and uh, we had some pretty good racing down uh, in and through, uh, you know, Alabama and Georgia and, you know, all across the southeast, and Georgia drivers held up, you know, more than, the, well, they took a lot of trophies home, and you were talking about one of the drivers on the rise, or drivers on the rise, and one of them is the kid that's leading the um World of Outlaws rookie of the year points in their late model division. He went down to Deep South Speedway in Alabama, Ashton Winger, and won the Southern All Stars event down there. This kid is one that is rising up. He may not go over towards the NASCAR side. He's pretty comfortable in that dirt late model and putting on a show anywhere he goes. And uh, they'll be heading up to um, Tennessee to Volunteer Speedway. They I believe it's next weekend that they'll be there so uh, fans can make their plans to go up and see Ashton Winger, maybe uh, try to pick him off his first World of Outlaws win. It's coming. It's definitely coming. He's going to get one and going to bring it back home to uh, Georgia very soon.
2: And speaking of Georgia drivers, we had Bubba Pollard on the program last week to talk about some of the wins, and he had another win this weekend as well. I mean, Bubba Pollard, this is is a cat that is uh, definitely making a, a name for himself not only just in Georgia, but all around. He, he seems to be just winning not only in the USA, but has even gone into Canada and uh, taken a, a win out of there. So uh, Bubba Pollard, what give us your thoughts on, on our good friend Bubba Pollard, uh, Mr. Patiki.
1: Well, you know, he's third generation, uh, you know, part of a racing family that helped build Sonoya or Sonoa, depending on how you say <laughs> it, or Sonoy. I know it's three or four or five different ways. <laughs> and between Clint Smith and Bubba Pollard and the, uh, the Gentries and everybody else, You know, uh, there's all different ways to say it, but whenever you say Bubba Pollard, it's usually for the win. And, you know, he's got some, uh, you know, great late model uh, wins that he's also picking off every now and then. So he's keeping his uh, options open on which side of uh, the racing world he wants to go to. But the Cars Tour win at probably NASCAR's most historic grassroots track, Hickory Motor Speedway, last weekend. That was, uh, you know, another classic Bubba Pollard, uh, you know, saving, waiting. You know, a little bit of a battle with uh, Matt Craig. Craig had uh, you know, got himself spun out, and uh, you know, Bubba just cruised on to the win. Uh, no contact between the two, but it sure was close and exciting, and Bubba always uh, gives the fans more than their money's worth when they go to see him race.
2: Speaking with Lenny Baticki here on Southern Race Week Radio, the host of uh, PRN at the Track, which you can listen to anytime on the PRN app, which you can download for free or go to the website, goprn.com. Mr. Patiki, uh, we got a lot of tracks that are starting to open up. Restrictions are starting to lighten up a little bit. Some tracks are allowing the fans to uh, hit the stands and enjoy some great uh, short track racing. So upcoming on the schedule, uh, what what are some of the events that maybe we can look forward to and maybe put on our calendar as events that maybe we can uh, check out and uh, and go maybe watch live?
1: But you've got tracks like Hartwell that have really been putting on a lot of great races. Kenny Collins won there last week. Needmore had a huge race last week. They'll probably, I think, Needmore is running on an every other week schedule. But a, a place to go, kind of in uh, central Georgia, for folks to go over to. And uh, Tacoa will be coming back online. How about the Baja Winder Barrow, one of those great, really super grassroots tracks at West Georgia Speedway, not far from Sunoah. Uh, they've been running an event. Uh, pretty much two or three a month. They usually take a week off here and there. So you want to check their Facebook page. But there's some of the great tracks right in and around the state of Georgia. And we got word this week that uh, Oglethorpe will be opening up in July. So if you're over there towards Savannah on the far-flung radio network, uh, you want to get your uh, plans to get over to Oglethorpe because they always do it up well there. Uh,
2: Mr. Petiki, so many great drivers are making names on themselves, especially with uh, NASCAR being down for a while, short tracks, and, and we're opening up a little bit earlier than the NASCAR tracks were. So you got to see, and, and Speed 51 has done a great job of broadcasting a lot of these races as well. So maybe an open, a new audience is being introduced to some new drivers they might not have heard of. Um, let's say, for instance, someone's new to the short track world, and they're looking for a driver to maybe gravitate towards to and and maybe check out and and, and maybe someone exciting to watch race. Who are some of the drivers, uh, Mr. Petey, that you think are making a name for themselves and maybe some stars on the rise as well?
1: Well, we have one this week on PRNs at the track from, uh, you know, we've talked a couple of times about Sonoma Raceway, and Olivia Gentry uh, is our 75th female guest on our show PRNs at the track, and she was just, Uh, a house of fire to get to chat with. She is a part of an entire racing family. She's part of Oliver Gentry's family, but she's also, uh, you know, a part of the Knowles clan. And uh, just to hear her chat about, uh, you know, the family and what, what the conversations are like around the Thanksgiving table and picking up wins in the Charger division there with some help from Clint Smith. I mean, she is one that if you want to pick up a, a young racer, I would think Olivia Gentry would be one that would be up there towards the top of the list. I love what Ashton uh, Winger is doing, Zach Leonardi. They're some of the uh, really raw talent that is coming up through the ranks in Georgia and making themselves known everywhere they go, whether it's uh, in tracks in-state or out-of-state. Uh, those couple or three will be uh, ones to watch as you continue to uh, check out racing wherever you go.
2: Now, Mr. Patiki, if our listeners want to keep up with you and the program, uh, PRN at the track, where can they go to keep up with what's going on? PRN's
1: at the track. We are really, really organically involved in Twitter. We, we bang out all the information we can. We find it. We retweet it. Send it out. PRN's at the track on Twitter. We also have Instagram and Facebook, and our shows are heard at goprn.com. Hi, this is Greg Walter, general manager of the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and you're listening to Southern
2: Race Week. And welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie, bringing you yet again another brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio as we get set to go back racing this upcoming weekend, Father's Day weekend, and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there listening along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network. But we're very uh, fortunate and lucky to have as a special guest on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio a two-time winner in the Truck Series so far in 2020, gaining victories in Daytona and Atlanta Motor Speedway a few weeks back. As we head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in the driver of the number 98 Ford for Thor Sport Racing, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Greg! Well, that's quite an introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem, Mr. Enfinger. Uh, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. As I mentioned uh, in the introduction there, two-time winner so far in the 2020 uh, truck season so far, winning at uh, Daytona and Atlanta Motor Speedway. So our flagship station out of Atlanta here, Talk Radio 640, WGST. So our Atlanta Motor Speedway is our home track. So we're always excited to speak to any winner who has won at AMS, so take us back to Atlanta Motor Speedway a, a few weeks ago, uh, and, and tell us about that win for you, picking up that victory at uh, AMS. Man, I'll be honest with you; the,
0: it caught me a little bit off guard. There, um, we um, we we honestly we we had a, a good Farm Paint F one fifty all day long there at Atlanta, and um, and we we would just fire off really good on restarts all day long, but then we would fade back a little bit on, on the longer run. So we had. Uh, we we felt like we were kind of destined for a uh, fifth place finish, and then uh, then a caution came out with a few laps to go, and and kind of uh, that that was a game changer for us. So um, able to, to restart fifth there on a green-white checkered, and um, and able to, to drive our way to the lead because like I said, we we had a really good F150 on the short runs, and uh, man, able to muscle through there and. And uh, and get the win. Just a, just an awesome day for for everybody at Thor Sport Racing. Um, the first win for for Ford there at Atlanta. So just a just a, an overall awesome day for us.
2: Now you're in the playoffs. You got two victories in the season. You're guaranteed a spot in the run for the championship. So does your strategy change a little bit now that you have a couple of wins on your belt and you know you're going to be in the playoffs? Do you play? Do you, do you kind of uh, are you a little bit more conservative? Do you continue to fight hard because you want those bonus points and more wins to get points for the playoffs? What is your strategy now going further that you now know you're locked in for a playoff chance?
0: I feel like it allows us to be a little bit more aggressive. You know, um, we, we were fortunate enough to, to win the opener there at Daytona. And um, and honestly, it, it allows myself and, and crew chief Jeff Hensley to be more aggressive with, with our calls, more aggressive with with uh, my positioning on the track, and uh, and kind of go for more wins. Where where we still want the stage points, we we still want want all the, the the regular season points that we can get. But what's really critical for us right now is playoff points, and the only, only way to do that is uh, win stages and, and win races. So I, I feel like we can afford to to maybe be a little bit more riskier, um, maybe maybe gamble. Uh, you know, if there's a fuel mileage call down the road or. You know, if there's a maybe a, a gutsy call, um, like you know at Atlanta, we uh, we had the opportunity to pit earlier, and and we chose to to not do that to, to save our tires at the end. For, for just that situation if a caution did come out late. So I feel like it's already
2: paid dividends,
0: but, but yeah, it definitely uh, allows us to change our strategy a little bit.
2: Speaking with Grant Enfinger here on Summer Race Week Radio as uh, the Truck Series taking a little bit of time off, you'll be back in action June 27th at uh, Pocono. Now, you've been able to – we all know NASCAR is a big sport that is uh, a, a very dedicated to the fans. You guys love your fans signing autographs, doing interviews, Q&As, all this kind of stuff. So for you to be in Atlanta weekend where there is no race fans, and, and Miami Homestead you had a 1,000 people, I believe, in the stands to watch the race. So for you to have that perspective of having a race with no fans and then a race with a few thousand fans in attendance, how weird and how strange is that for you to kind of go into a race weekend without all the insanity of the fans who are there to see you guys every week?
0: man it's tough it um it, it's it's was definitely a, a eerie feeling when i got out of the truck on the front straightaway at atlanta and heck i'm the i'm the only one there with a <laughs> with a couple uh tv uh cameramen and i, I don't know it, it's just uh just a very very strange feeling and and man we we can't wait for the for the fans to be back and you uh, know that, that's such a big part of our sport um but what what was also you know troublesome is you know, celebrating a victory lane by myself, man. The the guys that put me there, you know, they're they're standing on the other side of the fence and um, they can't can't be in there celebrating together and and you know, talk, talking about Father's Day and all that. My father's meant so much to to my racing career. Mm-hmm. You know, he he can't come to the races right now. We're used to used to having him around some, and uh, man, it's just a it's just a, a strange strange time for us. Hopefully, uh, in the in the coming uh, weeks and months. We can start start getting more and more back to normal it definitely seems like it's going that direction but man it um it i mean atlanta is a, a very very special win for a lot of reasons but uh but man it was it was it, it felt kind of bad honestly like like getting out there celebrating and uh knowing, knowing the guys that they really put you there um they're, <laughs> they're on the other side of the fence
2: Let me ask you, we got about a minute left here. NASCAR made a major announcement earlier in the week that they're going to move the All-Star Race to Bristol Motor Speedway uh, for the upcoming All-Star Race. Uh, I've always been kind of a fan of having the All-Star Race move from different tracks. Instead of being at Charlotte Motor Speedway, as it has for all the years, except for I think one year they were at Atlanta Motor Speedway. But uh, let me get your thoughts on seeing that All-Star Weekend become something more like... NBA All Star Weekend, where they have a bunch of contests, maybe crew pit challenges and things like that. How would you like to see the All Star Race evolve as far as traveling the different tracks and maybe having more events that coordinate around that weekend for that fan interaction?
0: Man, I definitely think it think it ought to travel around a little bit. Um, I, I do think that it's a it's a good one to to be at Bristol. I think somewhere you know within a reasonable distance, uh, especially this year, as much traveling as is uh, is all of us are doing but especially the cup guys right now uh but man bristol is bristol is one of those awesome places it's uh it's gonna be pretty special um to, to have that race at a short track just for the sheer fact that man you you can put the bumper to somebody there yeah. you know whereas we, we get spread out so much on these mile and a half and, and to have it at, at charlotte every year you know i know you have the invert and all that stuff that, that they do to make it interesting but but man I think it's going to be awesome to have it at a short track. So um, uh, I'm definitely pumped up to, to watch that. I, I think that was a great move.
2: Now, Mr. Enfinger if our listeners want to follow you on social media, keep up with what's going on with you, your career, and everything going on. Where can they go to uh, keep up with you?
0: Man, super easy. Just uh, at Grant Endfinger on Twitter and, and just my name, Grant Endfinger, on the Facebook and Instagram and all that. So I uh, try, to, try to do everything we can to keep everybody updated. Um, and also wanted to send, send a special shout out and thank you to, to all of our partners that allow us to do this, uh, farm paint who's, uh, who's, who's new to us for, for this year, um, Mike curb and curb records. We had Tim Duggar on the truck there for our win at Atlanta and also at Homestead and uh, champion power equipment, man, those, uh, those are the guys that, that keep us going all year long.
2: Well, thankful for those, those great sponsors who continue to work hard with you to continue the, uh, your ride, and, and for you to be able to uh, race in the Truck Series. Uh, Mr. Infinger, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on uh, Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Good luck to you the rest of the season, and hopefully we'll see you back uh, next year at Atlanta Motor Speedway to defend your uh, truck championship there. Yeah, thanks. Have to be on again. This is Larry McReynolds of NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie, once again, filling in for the vacationing, WB, but he'll be back in the studio next week to entertain you and bring you all the latest in racing news and interviews as well. And once again, thanks to all our great guests for joining us this week. Bob Pockris from NASCAR on Fox, thanks to him for joining us this week. Also, Truck Series driver Grant Enfinger, we'd like to thank him as well. And for the latest in short track news, once again, thanks to Lenny Petiki for joining us this week with the latest in a short track news as well. Don't forget to get the latest NASCAR news and short track news. You can get all that information on our Twitter page, which you can follow at SRW Radio. We really appreciate it if you follow our Twitter page. And don't forget that the host, that's myself, And WB, we also have our respective Twitter pages as well. You can follow yours truly on Twitter at Alfie underscore 19 and William Barber. You can follow him on Twitter at WB Radio Network. You can like and follow our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And don't forget, every Monday, the podcast version of the show is available. So if you want to hear this show again or if you missed portions of it and like to hear it, you can get our podcast this upcoming Monday which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So go to either one of those sites, search for Southern Race Week, and you'll be able to find our podcast there as well. So thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Really appreciate you joining in. And next week we'll have another jam-packed program for you. Oh, also one little tidbit of NASCAR news I forgot to bring to you. The All-Star Race is moving to July, and it's also moving to Bristol Motor Speedway. That's right, Bristol will be hosting the all-star race this year. So it's going to be very exciting uh, for that to happen. So a little bit of NASCAR news I forgot to deliver to you earlier in the program. So that's going to do it for us. And we appreciate you listening to Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network.